This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, Session 86. And the quote of the day is from Hans Christian Andersen, who said, Where words fail, music speaks. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers and industry professionals. Information, education, and motivation for drumming and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast, and I'm on the road right now, so if it sounds kind of weird or echoey in here, I'm in a I'm in a different room, and I got my portable setup with me. So uh, I'm in I'm currently in in Delray Beach, Florida, which is beautiful because apparently it's horrible uh, in New York City and it's freezing and ice all over the place. So I'm happy to be here, but if it sounds a little weird, that's the reason why. So I apologize about that. Hope everybody's having a great January, and it is, I'm um, recording this on January 18th, so a lot of times by now, uh, people's people's uh, New Year's resolutions have fallen through already, so if that's you and, and you haven't been keeping up with your New Year's resolution, try to get back on the horse and keep it going. It's not too late. It's only January 18th, so you can get back on there and make an astonishing 2015 for yourself. So definitely get back on there. And if you're having any problems with it, stay in focus or anything like that, shoot me an email, nick at drummersresource.com. We can chat about it. The interview that I have today is great. I have Greg Hutchinson, who has been one of my influences. I love his playing. Uh, he's a super, he's super cool guy. I met him actually a year ago at NAMM, so it took us a long time uh, to get this interview happening, but we finally made it happen, and it is a great one. So I'm really, really excited to have him on the show. We're going to talk about his symbol line through Peisty, his approach to playing swing, uh, and a bunch of different things. So an awesome interview, and I'm really, really stoked to have him. Before we get into the interview, I want to let you know that if you want to grab a copy of my ebook, Stick Control Variations, it's 11 creative exercises to help you improve your speed, dexterity, independence, and chops. Check that out at drummersresource.com forward slash book, B-O-O-K, drummersresource.com forward slash book, and I'll send you a free copy of it. Uh, so check that out. And now let's get into this interview with Greg Hutchinson. I hope you like it. Enjoy. Greg, what's going on, man? Thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. We've been trying. It's funny. I just realized that it's almost been a year, I think. I know. That's my fault. <laughs> nah, man. You're, dude, you're on the road and you're doing things. And But uh, what made me think about it was that I think Felix Pollard introduced us at NAM last year. Yeah. And we're like and two weeks away from NAM. So I know. I know. I didn't realize. Uh, just like, man, that's all that means to me is that like I'm a year older. You know? Uh, <laughs> we both are. We I both know. are. Hopefully a year better too. I hope. I hope. That's the that's the key here, man, is to get better with age like a bottle of wine. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Speaking of wine, you've been uh you you just mentioned that you you live in Italy and we're going to we're going to talk about all that stuff, but I always like to get a little bit of backstory on the players that I have on the show. And mm-hmm. all, a lot of the information is on your website, so we don't need to go into every detail, but just like tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you really got into playing. Well, let's see. I, I started playing when I was three years old. Um, my dad played drums, so that was uh, very influential for me. Um, and then having the music around the house, my mom loved jazz music, so she actually hooked me up with listening to jazz. And so then I was on my way. Um, we'll fast forward a little bit. Yeah, I was studying. I got a good chance to uh, study with 
Marvin Smitty Smith and Kenny Washington and another great teacher, Justin DeChocho. And then I was living in New York, so it really made things a lot easier in terms of me getting on the scene and playing because I didn't have to come from someplace else. And the older guys that were there, who were you know some of the originators of the music, got a chance to see me grow up. And so that's how I got really on the scene. You know, those being in New York and those guys seeing me get better and better and better and seeing how ambitious I was, you know, that really helped everything. Mm-hmm. Do you think that you would have had the the same career that you have had you not been in New York and living in New York? Wow. Um, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I was very ambitious. And at that time, there weren't really a lot of guys coming up. So it was just, you know, myself, Eric McPherson in New York, um, Nasheed Waits. So, yeah, I think it, it still would have turned out the same way. Um, you, you know, I, that's a that's a hard question to answer. But in my mind, yes, it would have turned out because I was very ambitious and very driven. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess, uh, you know, I'm thinking if you lived somewhere else, would you have just ended up moving to New York anyway? You know what I mean? Because that was that's the, if you want to if you want to play jazz, you go yeah. to New York. Yeah. No, I, I'm sure I would have. Yeah, definitely. Right. 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 Yeah, for sure. But not I mean, you're you're. A jazz guy, but you also do other things and, and, you know, you've worked with common. So like, yeah, so there's, there's so many different styles and so many different things that you play and you, and you play them well. So how do you take an approach? Like if you're playing hip hop, um, you know, is there, is there a jazz approach to that stuff to make it, to make it feel good? Or what's your, what's your approach on that? Oh, when I'm playing other music, I'm not thinking about jazz at all. When I'm playing any other form of music, uh, genre of music, hip hop, R and B is something else. No, I'm thinking about the authenticity of that music. Uh what is it? Exactly what am I called on to do in that style? So if it's hip hop, then it's knowing, you know, all the break beats, uh the hip hop breaks, uh you know, nothing the everything you get from playing jazz, yeah, stays with you. And I think learning to play the instrument is first and foremost. Then you're able to apply all those things into whatever it is that you want to do. So, you know, people say, yeah, I'm a jazz drummer, but actually I'm just, I'm a musician. I love all music. Jazz happens to be one of the musics that I play the most, but I could go on the road doing anything that I want to do. So that's the thing I always try and stress to people. It's like, don't label yourself or put yourself in this box that you can't get out of. You know, it, that's that's starting to be a reoccurring theme that, you know, a lot of people are saying the reason why they're successful is because they don't put themselves in the box. And the thing that I seem that I seem to run into a lot is that people that are outside of the, the quote unquote jazz box are yes. are outside of it. Like they don't they won't get into it. You know, they're like, oh, no, I'm a I'm a rock guy or I'm a funk guy or whatever. And, you know, for some reason, there's like this large mystery around jazz which i don't understand well i think it has to do with you know because it's it is difficult to play and if you can do that you should be able to do almost anything else because what it takes to learn how to play jazz and i'm not putting any other genre of music down at all um if you're playing rock you gotta know how to play you know the two and the four and you know what that's all about um playing hip-hop same thing jazz is improvisational your, your four limbs are improving, and it's. I think it takes on a whole different thing. At the same time, you know, it's no, it's no mystery. Uh, I think that if you do learn the approach to playing jazz, it can only strengthen everything else that you do. Mm-hmm. 
I totally agree. You know, and it's just it's just weird to me because you know, like I said, a lot of people are like they're they're so mystified by jazz and and it and it doesn't make any sense to them. But that like everything came from jazz. So like if you don't exactly if you don't understand what's going on in jazz, how do you understand what a shuffle is or how do you understand what rock and roll is? Exactly, exactly. You know, so it's it's just a matter of doing the work and learning the history of whatever music it is that you're playing. Mm-hmm. So that you can do that. And so that that's the thing I always tell people. You know, you have to research the music first and then know what it is. Right. You well, know, th- you so- know, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, okay, let's we'll just take me for an example. Let's just say that I'm, you know, I'm just a rock drummer. That's all I do is play rock. And, yes. and what would you say to me to get into jazz and really to hone my jazz chops? Oh, I'd say go check out some, you know, Start from the beginning, uh, go back and check out, you know, some Sid Catlett, some Baby Dodd, some Joe Jones, simple, go to the simple things first, and then understand the vocabulary of the music, um, and then start listening to some records, you know, once you start listening, it opens up your ears, and that, that's the way in, I think, um, you to just dive in and start with something difficult is not really going to help you. So you want to start simple always. And, and that, that goes for anything that you do. Um, if you're playing rock or anything like that, you, you know, you got to start from the beginning of rock drumming, right? You start from the beginning of hip hop drumming, you, you know, to get what it is and to understand what it is and to be able to conceptualize it first. And then you go into it. Right. Because a lot of the stuff, if you, you know, like you mentioned, if you're not starting from the beginning, you're listening to other people's interpretations of exactly. the beginning. Exactly. And you don't want to do that. Right. You right. always want to get it yourself. And it's like building, you know, I always tell people if you're building a house, you can't build the house starting from the second floor. You got to build a house from the basement from that foundation. Right. 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 It's the same thing. Same thing. You know, I think a lot of people fall into the trap like, you know, they may listen to you or they may listen to Brian Blade or they may listen to, you know, anybody else out there that's that's out now and say, oh, man, I really want to play like I really want to play like Hutch, you know, but they don't realize and that. I, what's that? Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. And, and they don't realize that, you know, you're pulling from all of this history and lineage of jazz that you have morphed into your own style. Exactly. You know what I mean? So they and they may not understand even what you're playing. Exactly. And I always tell my students when they come in, they say that to me. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't learn my mistakes. Go 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 back further in time and really learn how to play the music. You know, that's really important. Don't don't play what I'm playing. Go back and, and really, you know, not that what I'm playing is is wrong, but it's for me. You know, it's my my approach, my concept. Everyone should have their own approach and their own concept. Don't be a copycat. You right. know, we, we draw off, we draw from the influence of all those great masters, but then you have to, you have to do something with it. You know, you right. can't just let it just be, you know, you, you have to do something with it. Right, right, right. And, you know, it's, it's amazing. I read this, the a quote from you that said that, you wanted to play. You want to play like Charlie Parker played the horn. That's your that's your goal, which was interesting to me because you didn't say you didn't mention another drummer. You mentioned Charlie Parker. Yeah, I just want to have the fluidness and and the the phrasing. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's important to me. How you how you're able to phrase your instrument, and so all of those things 
that's why I made that comment. You know, I want to draw from from a horn player. I mean, yeah, of course you play the drums, so you're always going to have that. But you also want to have something that's different. Right. And the only way to do that is from listening to other instruments. You can't sure. just listen to drums all day. Right, right, right. So let's uh, let's let's unpack that a little bit. You had mentioned, um, you know, you'd mentioned phrasing and and fluidity and all that stuff. So how do you how's how do you hone that kind of skill? Oh uh, well, everything goes back to listening to records, right? So the more you listen, the the more you understand about phrasing and and what the instrument can do. And then as you start to listen to other instruments, you understand the, how to connect those phrases. So a lot of times drummers play licks. Mm -hmm. And that's not really a phrasing. That's not phrasing. That's just a lick. Right. So you want to be able to really phrase uh, putting ideas together so that they make sense. Uh, and it's always musical. You always want it to be musical. If it's not musical, then it doesn't make sense. Right. Then, what, then what is it? <laughs> exactly. Right. So all of those things go into you know, making up my concept of how to play the instrument. Mm -hmm. I always uh, make the comparison of, you know, it's like a bunch of people are sitting around talking about cars, you know, and somebody being like, yeah, I love apples. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? You know, and it's like, it's like <laughs> exactly. the same thing as if like you start playing all this, all these licks that you've been shedding in your basement and people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. that's not what we're talking about here. You know? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. That, that really is it. You got it. You just hit it on the nose, you know, and knowing how to, to really, I mean, it's, it's just about studying and, and, and preparing yourself for any situation that could come up mm -hmm. musically, you know, right, and right. that's, that's the idea. You just want to be prepared for anything that comes up. Right. And I think as, as part of that preparation, a little, you know, sometimes people get paralyzed by the fact that, like, there's so much to learn. And yeah. it's like, man, where do, you know, like, okay, I play, but, like, which direction sh am I supposed to be going here? What am I, what should I be shedding? What should I be working on? And I get, I get more emails of people asking me, like, what do you suggest I practice all the time? Uh, okay, yeah. You know? And I'm like, ah, what, whatever you want to practice. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I think, you know, you definitely got to shed on the rudiments and all that kind of stuff, of course, every day. Um, and I teach a lot out of the Jim Chapin book, but just Wilcoxon. I mean, you got to have your hands together in all the things that you do. No matter what the music is, you got to have some hands. So those rudiments are very important. Yeah, most people... A lot of people don't know him, man, which is which is a crazy thought. You know, I think that Michael Carvin explained it to me best that, you know, there's 26 essential rudiments, 26 letters in the alphabet. And he said it's like going to work for the New York Times and saying, hey, I want to work for the New York Times. And they say, well, can you uh, can you write a sentence? And you're like, no, man, I don't even know the alphabet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know? that that's it. You're right. That's a huge thing. A lot of people don't know. But you got to, you know, you got to make sure that you, you have a grasp and, you know, you don't have to be Buddy Rich. You know, there's not going to be another Buddy Rich. That's Buddy Rich. Right. But you do have to have some understanding and be able to communicate on your instrument. And that's that's what we're talking about here is communicating on your instrument. That's right. the biggest thing. That's huge. Mm -hmm. So what are what are a lot of the shortcomings that you see now of current players? 
Uh, exactly everything that we just finished saying. Right. <laughs> um, no ride cymbal beat. Cats don't really understand how to play the ride cymbal, how to make it really, really swing. Well, let's. Uh, I want to. I want to stop you there because I want to talk about that because I watched a clinic that you did, and you talked a lot about the ride cymbal beat. Yeah. Um. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. So I'm I'm not gonna try to even paraphrase or repeat what you said. I want to hear it in your words about the ride symbol beat and your feelings towards it and your approach to it. Well, I think the ride symbol beat is 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 the 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 key to making the band swing. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of drummers that play great drums, but they have like not really good ride symbol beats, and so whereas they get around the drum set great and they play all this stuff, but in the end, it doesn't feel good. I'll take a guy who, who doesn't have as much chops, but who feels better over a guy who has a lot of chops and feels horrible. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so, and so my concept is, and it was taught to me by Justin DeChocho and Kenny Washington also. Um, hold on, let me put my headphone back in here. Is walk the dog. And I always talk about walking the dog. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do. We walk the dog. You just play it the same way you say it. Walk the dog. Not an accent on it. It's not walk the dog. And it's not walk the dog. It's just walk the dog. Right. And you say it and play it together. And next thing you know, you got it. Oh, right. well, it's not that simple. But <laughs> you can. I was going to say, I, could, I, I got that in like five minutes. I'm done. I got it. I gotta, I'll figure no, it no, out. No. <laughs> it takes a little longer than that. <laughs> right. But you know what I'm saying? Like you can start to understand the, the approaching concept of it. And the openness of it, and the exactly and the let it breathing, rather than you know, exactly having it all stiff, and and that's that's the most important thing right there. Mm-hmm. And then you can push those notes in between there if you oh, want yeah. to, right? You oh know, yeah, tighten it up or widen it, widen it out. And... But I always tell guys to keep the beat, oh, keep it, make the beat wide, make it big, make like make it like Higgins beat, but not Higgins beat. Higgins had his own beat, right. but you have to make it swing like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the times it, you hear, like, you walk into a club and it's like, ding, 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 <laughs> you know? Oh, no, that's not going to make it. <laughs> that's not going to make it at all. Right. That's a, It's like, that's the rock guy trying to play jazz. Yeah, you know. No, and, no, I'm just kidding. No, no, but the only reason they do that is because they really don't know. So if they study it, then they can get it also, you know? Right, right. It's, not, it's, it's like anything. You have to, you have to practice. You got to practice. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to appear and you're going to become this great drummer or, you know, you got to practice it. Right. You know, I always think about especially with it's a little different with, I think, with other styles of music than jazz, because I think players, jazz players are are more critical. And to say, like, man, this doesn't really swing or it doesn't feel well, you know, it doesn't feel good or anything like that. And it's. I think, like you know, like what happens if you think you're what you're playing is like really hip and it's not, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're like, you man, know, this is think, uh, my my ride cymbal beat sounds great, and everybody's like, mm, no, it doesn't. I think that happens. You know, you gotta, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not talking about an ego thing. No, 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 you know no. What no. I mean? You're just talking about. No, I got you. I think you know, you just have to really. That's the same thing. You just have to practice and practice and just sit in and try and. and listen to those records and play along with them and right. that's how you that's how you get that beat together you got to mm-hmm. play along with the records mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that'll give you you know what you need to have do you think but that, if you don't if you don't ahead. do that then you can't get it right 
Do you think that people are, are too chops focused now? I yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That's come from a lot of different things, a lot of videos cats watch. Uh it's a whole lot of reasons. I mean, people just yeah, it's very chop oriented and you know, less about the music but more about, more about and this is in other genres of music especially, I see it. More about how fast you can get around the drums and how many notes you can fit in between. And I think it's, you know, that's not really to me, my focus on playing is not that. So, right. but I'm not going to knock anybody who wants to do that. That's that's your thing. But my sure. my focus is something different. Right. All right. Yeah. Serving so, serving the music and and space, yeah, space exactly. and breath. Exactly. And, exactly. You know, I, I, a lot of times I compare it to the way that people talk, and when people say um all the time, that that means they're afraid of space and they're afraid of silence. And people, I think, play the same exact way. And that's their way of saying, um, they're just filling it with with different things because people get afraid of that, that space and that silence and, you know, and and not playing. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I like space and silence. That's a good thing. I mean, you you don't have to fill up every single, single part, you know, every single note. Leave some space. It's kind of nice when you do that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. So if you fill everything in, then it just makes the music really i think it makes the music feel bogged down and you're not serving the purpose of the band you're just playing for yourself sure, sure. so and that's not what we want to do right it takes the life out of it and it's kind of like having a conversation with someone that just talks really really fast and doesn't let you get a word in edgewise exactly you know so i one of my instructors always told me he said you can tell by how, you can tell how someone plays by the way that they talk Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which I found that, to be pretty true. That is true, you know. That is, I, th- I agree with that, actually. You know. That's th- a very good one. I think there's, well, never mind. I'm not going to say the one that I think that is, is the exception uh, to the rule. We're not going to get into that. Uh-oh. So, no, but there, I mean, there's somebody that talks, you know, he's like, hey, man, hey, how you doing? And he's like the funkiest dude out there, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> oh, leave it alone, leave yeah, it alone, we're, we're leave it alone. Uh, moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh, next. <laughs> so, um, so I want to talk. We, you know, we're talking about ride symbol beats and, and making it feel good, and that's I think that's a perfect transition to talk about your Peisty rod or your Peisty symbol line. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. What makes it different, and how that whole thing came about? Well, I was with Zildjian for twenty years, and um, and I love everyone in Zildjian. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I just started to see some things that I, I didn't like myself, and so was that after John left or before? After John left, yeah, yeah. and just and it's no no offense to anyone else, right? But I just you know all and, the guys I came in with Lenny Demuzio. There were a whole bunch of guys there, and so all those guys that I came up with were pretty much gone, and right. And I interviewed John for the show, and you know, he said when he left, he left because there was some there was some shakeups going on, and not necessarily in a bad direction or a good direction, just a direction that he didn't want to go anymore. Exactly, right. and you know, I my whole thing is I've been there twenty years, and you got guys coming up who, yeah, and I understand with the type of music I play, yeah, it's all about the money in the end. But you know, you got some guys there that can't really play and so right when those are the guys that you're prom- promoting the most then for me it's like okay then never mind sure so fast forward i was out with schofield and um uh a swiss drummer and casper rast he asked 
he was playing in a, in a band that was opening for us, and he had these these masters up there. And this was the first the first wave of masters. And I heard him play. I said, whoa, what's that? And he said, oh, man, that's so-and-so, so-and-so. And I said, oh, really? Uh-oh, you may have to <laughs> sign me up right now. And he said, really? Come on, let's do it. And he called, the guy, he called the, and we made it happen, you know. Nice. Um, and then when I came, you know, Pisces, I knew Pisces from Higgins and from some other cats. Right, right, right. But I didn't know that they had, you know, had almost signed Tony, and they had Jack back in mm -hmm, the day. Mm -hmm. So... I said, well, we, let's get back to making those symbols like that, that the jazz cats, you know, and now we'll say jazz cats, um, right. want to play because everyone knows Pisces for being a great rock symbol, and they got incredible rock guys that, that play the symbols. But it was really how do we get back a whole other side of the music that we kind of lost? And so that's where we started with the new masters. And uh, we put them out last year at Dam. They were great, and they mm -hmm. won at the Frankfurt Festival for best new symbols. Nice. So um, now we're just we're just still going on that, and now I'm going to see what's next. You know, try and come out with a, some different symbols. So walk us through that process a little bit of of how you develop a new symbol. You know, it's oh. one thing of just like taking a symbol and be like, "Yeah, man, stamp my name on it. Let's sell it." No, 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 no. You and know. I didn't want my name on it. Right. <laughs> That's the first thing. That's the first mistake. I don't need my name anywhere. That way, you, you when you put your name on it, then you already have cut off a whole group of people sure. who might look your name up and say, oh, he's a jazz guy or he plays live jazz. So this symbol won't be for me. So you don't put your name on it. That's the first thing. Right, right, Second right. thing is you, we just went back and forth with a bunch of symbols, playing them and sending them back and forth. And then I went up, up to the factory um, and we just really worked on it. Mm -hmm. And there, there was a, some great guys up there, Freddie Struder and some other guys, and um, Christian Wenzel, and they all, you know, everyone was involved in the process, but they really looked to me to to say yes or no, we or no, something different. But pretty much everything that we worked on was 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 right on, spot on. These cats had a good vision, had a a, a great way of thinking about the music. So when that's all in line, then everything else is easy. Hmm. That makes sense. You know, I, I, I think I'd have a hard time, you know, when somebody brings out a symbol and, and being like, man, it's, it's not exactly what I want, but I don't know exactly what I want. Yeah, no, you, know? You, know, you just have to. Yeah, I think you build your, your ears over the course of playing a long time and you know what sounds good to you and what you like. And that's what I do. You know, I build my ears. I, I really count on my ears to help me and and the sound of the symbol, you mm. know, a good sound. That's where that's all you want to go for. Right. And consistency. If you have a good sound and consistency, then everything else should work out pretty well. Right. 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 Agreed. And why we're why we're talking about symbols and, and gear, I want to ask you about the Sakai drums, too. Were you a Yamaha guy and then moved to Sakai? I sure was. Yeah. Because yep. a lot of people have been doing that. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot, of, lot of guys, a lot of guys left. Um, same thing, <laughs> right? You know, they fired a good friend of mine, Joe Testa, mm -hmm. and Azo also. So when that happened, wait, Joe Testa was it? Was it uh, Yamaha? Oh yeah, oh yeah, before so, Vic Firth. Oh yeah, way before Vic. Firth. I got you. I thought for some reason I thought Joe was there for a while. No, so when you. they did, when they did that, you know, all the all these things that happened make you go hmm, right. And so that made me go, hmm. Right. 
I was talking to a dugu about it. And he kind of said the same thing. Yeah. So it's like I said after that, I said, OK, well, you know what? Maybe it's just I need to be somewhere else just to go somewhere. And so Azo, I went to Gretsch first. Mm-hmm. And I love Gretsch drums. Don't get me wrong. Gretsch mean, is great. You mean great. DW drums? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you hear that whole? Yeah, I'm sure you heard that, right? No, no. What? What? DW bought Gretsch LP. Uh, Sabian, Are you serious? Sabian cymbals. Uh, wow. Like, I mean, they bought it. They bought up the whole KM. What is it? KMC. Yeah. They bought up their wow. whole their whole entire percussion department. Are you serious? I yeah. didn't know that. Actually, you know what? Let, let me just go back because I made a mistake. They didn't buy uh, Sabian. They got exclusive distribution rights in the United States for, for Sabian. Wow. I didn't know that. No. Yeah. So they bought – so, you know, Gretsch is, Gretsch is part of that company as well. Oh, so I'm, I'm glad I left when I left then. <laughs> yeah. No, no, nothing against DW. No, right, right. But So the problem with Gretsch was – I just asked for some drums in, in, in Italy, and I got sent to a di- distribu- distributor in Italy. Now, here I am thinking I'm a Gretsch, um, a, a, a artist, you know, right. A-line artist. And so it was like, the, when I talked to this person in Italy, they were like, yeah, we'll send you the drums for this amount of money, this amount of money. And I was like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> so after that, I was done. You know? right. I said, okay, I'll go to Azo. I like the drums. I know him, and it's been great, you know. And they were making Yamaha drums for years anyway, right? They made all the high-end Yamaha drums for years, yes. Right, right. So in this way, I, I just went back home, really. Not to Yamaha, but to, to, to someone I knew and trusted in terms of what, you know, what he was doing with the instrument and his, his ideas for playing. So for me, that was easy. Right. Well, it makes sense, man. You know, and it's like that's kind of what you've been playing all along, anyway. So yeah, no, exactly. So all right, all right. for me, that was a no-brainer. Sure. All right. So now you mentioned Italy, so we got to talk about Italy. We were talking off air that I have a house in Italy. You live in Italy. Yes. Uh, and you're recently married, and your yes. wife your wife is from Italy, right? Yes, she's from Italy. All so right. so how yeah, did that I, whole thing come about? Oh, I just I just was playing there in Rome with. Uh, oh, hold on. I was playing in Rome with uh, Guillermo Klein and, and Aaron Goldberg and Mark Turner and Matt Pemmin. And uh, I met her. And we just clicked. You know, we just, it was a very just incredible meeting. You know, when you meet someone and you know exactly at that moment, okay, this is the person that you want to stay with the rest of your life. That's exactly what it was. So now do you think that, that living in Italy changes your career? Uh, at this point in my career, it, it sh- I, I should be able to live wherever I want. I put in a lot of work to right. do it. Uh, it does help me in terms of most of the work we do now anyway is in Europe. Sure. So I'm already there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> it makes things a lot easier for me in, in, from a certain uh, point when you look at it. Um, let's, let me think. What else? Yeah, I think it's just it opens up the market for me. Mm-hmm. To be exposed to different things, um, different kinds of cats, and there's some great guys in Italy playing. So uh, for me, it feels feels good. It feels like a new beginning. Feels like a new challenge, uh, something different that I have to to do and really uh, not to do. I should say, well, just meeting new guys. 
Right. You know? And so that for me, that's the next step, the next challenge. I'm sure it's kind of, you know, it's got to be like kind of cool to have like this fresh start. And it's kind of, you know, you're like, you got to start networking again and, and kind of doing that stuff too. Well, the good thing right. is I don't have to network again because I know, you know, everybody <laughs> those, over there yeah, from traveling around. So sure. much. That, that's the good part that I don't have to do that. Right. Um, so it's just about playing. That's mm-hmm. all. Just about the music and playing and having fun. Nice. That's the good part for me. Yeah, man. That's what I like, yeah. So did you speak any Italian before you, before you met her and before you moved over there? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I knew some words, definitely, but I didn't speak, speak, speak. So. Right. So how's, now, it, so how's it going now? It's going pretty good. I'm getting into it, you know. Yeah. Like I said, I have a teacher, and so it's uh, every week I'm in school. Mm-hmm. Not in school, but I feel like I'm in school. Right. And studying, you know, just trying to get everything down and learn the language so that I'm not an outsider trying to speak bad Italian. Right. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's just a matter of practicing. It's like anything else. You got to practice. Sure. Good sure. at it. So while you're over there, my family owns a owns a vineyard over there. They make Montepulciano di Abruzzo. Oh. And uh, it's called Emidio Pepe, if you ever come across it, man. It's okay, Emidio like, Pepe. Emidio okay. Pepe. It's some, of the, it's some of the best Montepulciano that you can buy. So, wow, okay. Yeah. It's okay. really expensive over here, but it, it's like $300 a bottle in New York, but it's like yeah. it's like 15 euro over there. So. Oh, okay, yeah, definitely yeah. get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what's on the horizon for you next, man? I know you got you. You're always doing um, something, and I'm glad that you said that. Well, starting to do my own gigs. I have something coming up the first weekend of April in New York at uh, Smalls. Oh, uh, nice! Three days with three. I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but maybe three different bands. Um, and this month, which you can tell all your your drum fanatic fans. I am starting my online lessons uh, with Hutch. So you can go to my website, GregoryHutchinson.com, and look under. There's a link there and sign up if you want to take online lessons. Um, It's not Skype lessons. These are lessons that are already pre-recorded, And they'll be online and people can go and, you know, for a fee per month. You can download. There'll be a lesson a week. Oh, nice. It's just like studying with me, but not studying with me. Right, right, right. So that's starting, uh, hopefully this week or next week, we'll be up with that and running. Awesome. So, so yeah, that's that's huge. So then you said, what you, you said, a new lesson every week? Yeah, a new lesson every week, cool. yeah. Cool. Yes. Yeah, so and so it'll uh, be, um, would you say it's going to be beginner, intermediate, advanced, or everything? We're going to cover everything. I like uh, it. So right now I'm going to go back and start doing some beginner lessons. I did kind of uh, intermediate to advanced lessons, uh, but now I'm going to go back and do some beginner lessons for guys who are just starting and how to get into it that way. And then, you know, it's just really, it's just going to be there for everyone, you know. So all you got to do is go online, download it, and it's there. Nice. Now, don't download it and put it back up on uh on YouTube. On YouTube, because I will find you. Ah, <laughs> and you will have a serious, hefty, hefty fee to pay. But right. no, download it and keep it as yours. And that's, you know, that's 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 how we pass on the music and get people to start playing the right way. Sure. And, you know, I think that now that's, you know, everybody's sort of going that direction of, of teaching online because of the advent of the Internet. It's a 
it's a great thing, you know. Like I think that you know Mike Johnson really trailblazed that. Uh, oh yeah, Mike. Mike's great. Yeah, he definitely definitely in the, in the beginning. Johnson, you know. Yeah. Um. So what do you what do you think is is different about yours? Um. Well, because people have seen me playing for over the the last twenty something years, and the amount of people I've played with, and the caliber of people I've played with. So I mean, I think you're if you go back thinking about me playing with Joe Henderson, Ray Brown, Betty Carter, you know, you name it. Right. That's all experience that a lot of guys don't have. Yeah, I, I totally agree. <laughs> um, so the things I have to say are not just coming from me, but they're coming from the things I've learned from these guys. Mm-hmm. And then the people I've been able to study with. All of these things factor into, even at the age of 44, I have so much knowledge of the instrument and mm-hmm. what it takes to be successful and to pass that on to younger guys who need to understand what that is. Uh, that's why my, my it's, I'm not someone who's just got in the business who got successful overnight and now is doing videos. No, I have a track record. I have a long history of doing what I do. So the things I say are coming from doing it for a long time. I didn't just come in five years ago or six years ago or seven years ago or eight years ago. You see what I'm saying? I'm right, 20 right. years plus. Right. I started professionally when I was 16. So I'm 44 now. That's a long time. So yeah. things I have to say are going to be way different than someone else who's just, you know, 10 years in or, or five years in playing. and right. So it's really the experience that separates me from a lot of other guys. Mm-hmm. And that was the exact answer I was thinking of and that uh, I was expecting you to say, which I and I totally agree with. So I just wanted to I had to set you up on that one and let you hit it oh, on the park. Thank you for the setup, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I like the comparison that you made that it's not only you, it's all the people that you've played with and all the accumulated knowledge that you have from years and years exactly. of playing with these people. Exactly. You know, so it's, it's, if you add it all up, it's, you know, hundreds of years of experience. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not just, you know, it's really a lot. It's really a lot. So, you know, being able to play with Mill Jackson, uh, you name it, man. There's so many people that I've been able, fortunate enough to share the bandstand with that were all greats of this music. And so for me, that's that makes it uh makes it killing, man. Mm-hmm. I I totally agree. And so if when people if people want to check that out, they can just go to GregoryHutchinson.com. GregoryHutchinson.com, um, and look under the link there, and it'll take you to uh, how you can sign up, or you know check my Facebook page. I'm always putting up the new a, a link for it. Okay. I'll put one up later today for it, and then that really that'll put you right in the ballpark where you need to be. Cool. Cool. And I will, I I make show notes for every single podcast. So I'll have all of your links in there and I'll make sure that people know how to get in touch with you. And if they want to, you know, get on there and, 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 uh, sign up for your online lessons and everything, they will be able to do that. Great. Well, cool, man. Well, listen, I appreciate you taking all this time to chat with me today, man. I know that you dropped some, some knowledge on everybody. My pleasure, man. I'm sorry it took so long, but you know, we'll do it again sometime too, definitely. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'd love to have you anytime. All right, man. Cool. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Are you going to be in Nam? Are you heading out there? I don't think I'm going to be in Nam. I'm going to be working okay. on some stuff in, back in Italy, so. cool. but I'm not sure yet. I'm still waiting to find out. Cool. <laughs> Are you going to be there? I will. I will. Okay. Well, hopefully if I am there, I'll see you again, brother. Good deal, man. All right. All right. Grazie a tanto. Ci vediamo presto. Okay. <laughs> 
Bye, yeah. guys. Take care. See you, man. Bye-bye. All right, there you have it, Mr. Greg Hutchinson. Check out his website, GregoryHutchinson.com, for all information about his online music school and everything you need to know about Greg and where he's playing and what he's up to. Also, as a bonus, if you go to DrummersResource.com forward slash session 18, there's a Ari Honig interview, and he really goes in-depth about how they created his, his, uh, his signature symbols. So if you want to learn more about exactly how they craft a signature symbol, check out Ari's interview, DrummersResource.com forward slash session 18, which, and his interview was actually one of the top 10 interviews of 2014. So you might want to check that out as well to get a little bit more insight into that. Check out DrummersResource.com for show notes for every single podcast that you listen to as well as some great material and get a free copy of that ebook stick control variations go to drummersresource.com forward slash book and i'll send it to you 100 free check me out on facebook facebook.com forward slash drummers resource on twitter at drummers r source and on instagram at drummers resource and until the next podcast keep drumming thank you so much for listening and i'll be checking in from nam throughout the week next week so uh or this week actually as this airs so definitely keep an eye out for that and i'll be talking to you soon thanks again peace Peace.